Welcome to Women and Manufacturing, where accomplished women interview accomplished women, with your host, Andrea Olson. Well, welcome to the Customer Mission Podcast. I am your host, Andrea Olson. You know, in the Customer Mission Podcast, we talk about everything customer and everything manufacturing. And what we'd like to talk about today is the skills gap. You know, I think many manufacturers, and we've heard ad nauseum in the news and in trade publications, that there's this skills gap out there. And, and a lot of manufacturers actually face this skills gap looking for specific workers to fill roles, and they have a lot of turnaround. But the problem is we talk extensively about this skills gap, but it's only partially true. And this is why. Yes, we know there's a deficit in our skilled trades pipeline, and as employers, educators, and communities, we do need to rally around the value of skilled trades. We need to support the growth of a critical workforce. You know, and this needs to start in junior high, high school, and, and beyond through uh, junior college, and even into four-year colleges. But there's another gap that mid-market manufacturing is facing, and I like to call that the strategic gap. And this has many facets, you know, and it starts with historically. Manufacturing hasn't had to look far for employees. You know, we've always had a good pool of skilled labor. We've always been a reasonable price. They came to us with minimal effort. But the challenge today is that our environment has changed. Unemployment is at an all-time low. So it's an employee, not an employer market anymore. And this means that the up-and-coming workforce has more power, more options, more choices, and they can make more demands on us as employers. So whether you feel this is right or not is, is really immaterial. If you really are looking to get strong talent into your organization, there are five critical things you need to start doing as an organization immediately. And the first thing is selling your organization. You need to sell the value of your organization to a potential employee. You need to sell the organization, the role, and the value of being part of your company. Just like a potential customer, you need to frame that sale around the candidate and their interests and needs. And this starts with understanding what potential employees are looking for. Ask them and then develop a strategy that meets those needs because you're competing for talent. There was a CEO of a manufacturing facility here in the Midwest that said, you know what, I'm just seeking manufacture I'm just seeking resources and CNC operators that will come in, put their head down, be quiet, work for a minimal wage, and go home at the end of the day. That's all I want. But because there is such low unemployment, those CNC operators have a lot of choice. And that type of environment, is that a place that you would want to work? Is that a place that you would say, yep, I'm going to go there and I feel that there's opportunity growth and I'm going to be valued? So selling your organization and understanding and building your own culture is critically important. Number two, shoring up your HR skill sets. So let's look at HR. Do you even have an HR team? Or is your HR team flipping through resumes and looking for keywords? Or are they evaluating candidates based on their skills? Yeah, there's two different ways to go about that. 
And if your HR team needs a clear strategy to effectively assess organizational talent needs, how can they assess candidates against skills if they're only looking for keywords? Now, I'll use an example. There was a gentleman that was working at a big MRO, an, interna- an international MRO supplier, and he was looking to move into a purchasing role at a manufacturer. And they looked through his resume and they said, well, you don't have purchasing in the title of any of your previous roles, so we don't see you as a solid candidate for this position. The challenge was, was that, as gentlemen, all he had been doing was purchasing for manufacturers through this MRO. He knew every product, every vendor, every supplier. He knew timing of shipments. He knew competitor pricing. He knew the MRO pricing. A huge strategic advantage for this manufacturer to have an inside track on purchasing. But just because this individual didn't have purchasing in the title of any of his roles, they didn't see that value. HR missed the boat. I also recently interviewed the CEO of a construction company, and he noted that they will only consider applicants with five specific previous titles in their work history. How do these titles relate to skills? There's so many different job titles out there that we're not thinking about in individuals' talents. We're looking for titles and assuming that the skill set goes along with that. And that's not the case today. They vary so significantly from organization to organization, they are not transferable. Skills are the transferable value. So from an HR perspective, you actually really need to look and have a strategy to actively evaluate and vet candidates for their skills, not their previous roles. So let's talk about number three. Number three is looking outside of your traditional recruitment channels, finding a new approach. You know, typically manufacturers and many other organizations as well have flooded the Internet and job boards and job listings, and they they don't get any response. Or you get these lackluster candidates that don't have the skills you're looking for. So why is this happening? Well, firstly, you're not selling the position. This happens each and every day. Everybody's seen a very dry and bland job posting. It doesn't really sell the organization. It doesn't sell the role. It doesn't sell anything. Is it written in a way that talks about dry duty details or canned overview of your company? Or does it communicate excitement and value and growth to the potential employees? And that can be learning new skills, upper mobility, the impact of their job on the organization. Plain Jane is just doesn't cut it anymore. There's too much competition. Secondly, if you're getting little success online, you need to go where the candidates are. You know, we talk about the Internet being the master source for every person in the world, right? You can find anything online and you can find anyone online. But remember that face-to-face has value. As manufacturers, we know the value of a handshake. We know the value of being in front of a customer. So we need to be in front of potential employee candidates as well. We need that face time. So this can range from going to trade schools, going to job fairs, or holding your own open house. Again, just like prospecting for customers, you need to prospect for employees. Nowadays, they just won't simply come to you. 
You have to sell yourself. Number four, beyond your traditional competitors. And this seems odd because we were recently just talking about the fact that other manufacturers continue to have the same talent. But your competitors are not just other manufacturers. I spoke with the vice president of operations at a regional manufacturing company just a few weeks ago, and, and he noted that they struggle to secure talent, but they offer very competitive salaries. So while compared to other similar smaller manufacturing companies in the area, their, their rates could be upwards of 12% more. And it sounds appealing. It sounds like, what is the problem? Why can't we get talent in the door? But funny enough, compared to the local Costco, yes, we're talking about Costco. They're almost 22% lower in salary. So here's the question. Even if you have a talent, even if you have a skill, do you want to work odd hours in a potentially dirty environment for less money than working up the street at a Costco and having the standard eight to five? So competitors aren't just in manufacturing. I mean, Costco also offers a lot more flexibility in hours, better time off, better benefits. So even though you might believe a candidate is seeking position in the manufacturing industry and they're looking at your business and your competitors, they're also looking at other jobs and other opportunities in the marketplace. If they have a diverse enough skill set, if they have customer-facing skills, this opens the door for them much wider. So they might be able to simply find a better paying, more flexible, higher growth job in another industry. So as manufacturers, we need to keep in mind that we're not just competing against ourselves. We're competing against the greater market for talent and other industries as well. So number four. That was number four, and now we're on to number five. We need to reexamine our expectations as employers. The New York Times reported a story of a manufacturer outside Milwaukee that had 25 positions open for skilled workers. And the manufacturer received more than 1,000 applicants for their position. 1,000, that would be fantastic, right? And the company hired the 25 they needed, but within a month, fired 15 of those employees because of their dissatisfaction with their wages and the company's work rules. Really? So what, what is the problem there? You had 1,000 applicants, you hired 25, and then fired 15. All that time and effort and onboarding and costs are down the drain. But here's the trick. The manufacturer's pay rate for a skilled technician, that specific role with an associate's degree, was $15 an hour. And by comparison, the local McDonald's was paying $14 an hour. So, you know, we're not saying that everyone's motivated by salary, but it's critical to understand what your expectations are as an employer and if they're reasonable to the market. So they had hired people that needed a job right now, took the job, and were dissatisfied. They thought there might be upward potential. It's, it's unclear on what they were sold in that interview, but whatever they were sold, it didn't live up to expectations. You know, I also spoke with a manufacturing CEO that said he was having a hard time finding welders. Yet, he was looking for 15 years' experience at $14 an hour. Again, 
as manufacturers, we need to be much more strategic in regards to recruitment. We, must, we need to be much more strategic in how we market ourselves and identify how we can stand out in the broader marketplace to compete for talent. Because, you know, the recruitment and retention game has just completely changed. In this competitive environment, it, it may be difficult to pay the wages and benefits necessary to attract individuals. We know not every company can do that. But this doesn't mean that those skills are missing. They are out there in the marketplace. We need to be creative in how we're approaching it and how we're finding new candidates, looking outside the typical processes, shoring up our HR skill sets to look beyond roles and examine skills. And you need to fill that strategic gap to truly overcome today's workforce challenge. So thank you so much for listening to the Customer Mission Podcast today. Again, my name is Andrea Olson, and we'll be talking again soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Women and Manufacturing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.